Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. We should start a rock band. Ooh, I love that plan. What will our rock name be? Um, Casey Squared, of course. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Perfection. Yes. We should practice. Okay. Grab your guitar. Okay, let's, let's, let's practice. All right. All right, ready? Go. Go ahead. <laughs> Kim. Kim, what? Kim. What? Uh, what? I think we better stick to picture book writing. Mm, yeah, you're you're probably right. Although I think we would be good at headbanging. Hmm. Headbanging. <laughs> Come on. Maybe, maybe. But let's try reading today's book first. How to be a rock star, written by Lisa Tolan and illustrated by Daniel Duncan. Maybe we could pick up a few tips there. Okay. Perfect idea. We are so excited to talk with Lisa and her editor, Stephanie Pitts. Let's get rocking. So, Lisa, we're going to jump right in. Where did you get the idea for this story? So, um, well, this one is close to home for me. Um, My oldest son is a real rock star, and he has been since he was maybe 18 months old. And he grabbed another kid's ukulele (laughs) and just started strumming and would not give it back. We had to, like forcefully remove it. That's so sweet. "Ah, So we got him his own ukulele and that was his favorite toy just forever. So he was into music the way other kids are into dinosaurs or trucks. Um, So I was always looking for books for him. And we were always at the same time doing lots of family jam band in the basement. And so I think um, all of that came together to inspire the book. That's awesome. I love that. Stephanie, we know, you know, why we love this book, but what was it that made you want to acquire it? Well, you know, the truth is that sometimes I just like to laugh and have a good time. And this book was funny. And you can't fake being funny. Lisa's funny. <laughs> she and is. Also, it's the kind of humor I really love, which is that smart kind of humor that appeals just as much to the adult reading it as the yes. kid. It's sort of that Pixar model where the parents... The grandparents enjoy reading it and, and viewing it as much as the kids. There were just so many great one-liners, like all these tongue-in-cheek moments, like, you know, the little brother runs off to another room with the backup singer stuffed animals, and, yes. and Lisa writes, it's clear you have creative differences. Yes. <laughs> I uh, love it. It's and so there, funny. And just so many things, like critics and reunion tours, and I, it was just so funny. And also, I find when I get a text that is really working, that I get really excited about, it's because, like, the pictures start forming in my mind. It's like as soon as I start reading the text, I can see it, and I have a vision for it. And it's just something about the text kind of speaks to you that way. Yeah. It's so Mm -hmm. funny. It really is. And like you said, it's 
it's funny. It's not, I don't want to say subtly funny because it's just plain funny, but it's like you said, smart funny. I think that's a really great way to describe it. So now that you have this great text, can you give us a look into what the illustrator selection process was like? So we looked, we, you know, we came up with me and the art directors, a short list of people we were interested in. And we ran the list by Lisa. And in the end, we really wanted to go with Daniel Duncan because he has those expressive characters, those just really funny action uh, scenes with characters. But also his humor, it was the right kind of humor, that smart humor. It has a little bit of an edge, a little bit of bite to it. Even though there's lots of funny illustrators, you really do want someone that has an edge to it. It can't be too sweet because the humor is not too sweet. Mm-hmm. So, and he just, he seems very rock and roll to me. You know, he had some, he had some <laughs> images of rock and rollers on his, in his portfolio, so... Perfect. In the end, I think we just ended up with the perfect illustrator for this story. Oh, it's a great collaboration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the cover, beautifully I mean, done. the cover is just full of energy. I mean, how can you not want to pick that <laughs> I up? I love her hair. Right? It's awesome. Yeah. Lisa, as you know, we love this book. It is funny. It is it hits all the right spots for adults and for children. The combination of the illustrations and the words is just makes this beautiful synergy of expressiveness and fun. So can you tell us a little bit about the writing process for this story? The writing process, I have to say, um, you know, I wrote this, I knew I wanted to write about musicians and rock stars. And when you looked, when I looked at all of the books that were out there about this, a lot of them were using stage fright as sort of the source of conflict. But when I played with my son at this age, he was, you know, three, four, five he didn't really have any concept of stage fright or really of even performing for other people outside of our house. You know, it was just a joyful thing. And I wanted to kind of stick with the joy message of it more than fear. And I didn't want to get fear in there. So I had a hard time like figuring out what the story arc should be until really I switched to second person. And then it was all of a sudden like a manual of how to have fun. Um, Mm. And it didn't have, it still has a story arc, but it didn't have the same pressure of like three attempts to solve the problem or anything like that. So that's how it came together for me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was it always in in second person or was that something that came through revision? So obviously it sounds like it came through revision. (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, (laughs) everything before that was just in my mind. So this was, the first draft was in second. Okay. Okay. Oh, Um, Okay. So, but it was just all of a sudden like the penny dropped, like, oh, I can write it like this. So, Mm -hmm. so that was fun. I love that. So do you have a specific writing schedule or any helpful writing habits Mm. that you'll let us in on? (laughs) I'd love to say I have a a very um, dedicated writing schedule. I have a job and I have two kids. And so I think, um, I think a lot of us struggle with trying to find the time to write. So um, I found that, you know, scheduling in even just very short blocks of like, I'm going to focus on it for this half hour helps me to stay on track, but also just thinking about it all the time when you're not writing, I think Mm -hmm. is helpful. And I'm trying to, I think as I go learn not to write so much right away and just kind of wait and see, see what the best idea is before I plow ahead with any idea. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, no, absolutely. That, that marinating time in your brain to just kind of getting ready in the morning and just thinking about it and seeing how it's going to play out. Yeah. 
So you're a plotter, not a pantser. I'm a plotter, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, you know, I, um, as my day job, I'm an editor and I have been for a long time. So I had a lot of my starting out process was just shutting up my inner editor um, and learning to, mm. you know, not immediately tell myself, this is dumb, this doesn't work. Um, mm. So to do that, I really have to like be in a great headspace. So sometimes for me, it means running and meditating and then just like letting loose. Um, the editing comes later. Stephanie, what was the editing process like? What did it look like when it came into you? And how much work did you do after you signed the project? It's funny because I signed it up in 2018. So I had to go back and look at exactly <laughs> to remember. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yes. So the pandemic happened. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago. And, and that is one thing I think people are pretty familiar with. Picture books take a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of factors. But in terms of editing the manuscript, I mean, there were parts of the manuscript that are completely unchanged. A lot of it was already working incredibly well. And some of the notes I had were just do more of what's already working. Like there was one kind of silly band name. Young know, mom says, what about the cuddle monster? Yes. Like, what if we have more silly band names? And what if she comes up with the perfect band name? So we just sort of worked on enhancing what was already there. But there are whole sections of the book that are completely the same. I mean, it's already working so great. And I remember we added that section about the critics, uh, which I really, that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite segments in the whole thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was pretty easy. We just had fun going back and forth, having suggestions on what would be funny. And then boom, came together. So that's, it, I love, I love that. it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask because I think a lot of times when writers are are working on a story, especially maybe like a how-to story, right? That kind of structure, that heart layer can get missed and left out. But I love your heart layer in here, this like connection between the siblings and... And the parents and, too. Sure, they- sure. Absolutely. So was that something that was in there, Lisa? From the beginning, or was that something that you worked to, was that something like you enhanced as, as the revision process took place? Um, I'm sure I enhanced it, but I think it was there from the start. And part of that was, again, our own experience of like, I had this little rock star and then he had a little brother. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden being a rock star got a lot harder. You know, we called his, the baby the tour manager and we just kind of put him <laughs> next to him. But he, you know, he had couldn't play all the time that he wanted to play. You know, his brother really did run off with his backup singers all the time. <laughs> um, or he'd, you know, hit the drum three times and then walk away. And so it was, you know, all of a sudden much more frustrating. And so I think a lot of this book is dealing with that frustration tolerance a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but also, you know, accepting that you might have creative differences, but he's still a valued member of the band. Uh. Well, and I love, I love that theme because first of all, that's going to resonate with anyone who has anyone in their Mm -hmm. life. Doesn't even have to be a brother or a spouse or a family member. It's like, you're going to disagree on things sometimes Mm -hmm. with your best friend or whoever it is. It's going to happen sometimes. And I love how this book is, so I'm a therapist as well as a children's book author. And so this book is bibliotherapeutic in that way. Like think about how I use picture books Mm. all the time, actually, in my practice. And think about how you can kind of process with anyone. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) 
how to deal with the things that are difficult and how there is always that piece of, you know, compromise and love with people who really matter to you, whether they're annoying you or not. There are ways right. to to help them know and to to realize that you need that team. You need that collaboration. You can't be a one person band. I know, right? That's a that's an important lesson. You can't it's not, and and that's with yeah. picture books for sure, right? <laughs> that there's not just one person that does every job and then it's, you know, on the shelf. Um it's such a collaboration. So, I love that. And I actually am curious, Stephanie, do you have any tips for people for our listeners? Sure. Well, you know, it's tough out there in the querying trenches, as everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, I think I just always go back to, in order to be a writer, you have to be a reader. And to really study picture books, I mean, obviously enjoy them, right? Because there's a lot of joy to be found there, but also to study them. And especially looking at books that have been published in the last three to five years, like look at that copyright page and making sure you're seeing what is relevant in the market now. Looking at books that have separate authors and illustrators, because, you know, a per- one person, one author illustrator can do things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but, and even type out that text and say, okay, what's working about this text? And what did the agent or the editor see that caught their eye before there were any images that added to the, the right. humor or the story? Um, so I, I, I think that's tried and true advice when you're trying to learn the craft. Definitely. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. That's that. good advice. Typing it out. We, we were just talking about that actually. And um, we were. <laughs> it's something I know when I was starting out, I did a lot of, and it was so helpful to, like you said, see how the author, you know, had it typed out on the page before it was a book and where the page turns were and what that looks like and the pacing and all those kinds of things that, you know, might be hard to visualize in your own story but if you kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes while they're working um or in their work uh it can help with with your own writing so definitely and then also just noticing what do you love about Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. this person did in this book and how do you infuse that into your mentor texts are so important yes mentor texts. yes lisa was there anything particularly challenging like is there something that stands out when you were writing this book that you were like, Ugh, I just can't figure out how to fix this problem or what needs to come here or any, any kinds of specific challenges that you can think of? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges with a how-to text is trying to give it a story arc. Um, and so in this case, you know, you still kind of need an antagonist or two. And so, you know, the, the little brother causes some challenges as do the parents, you know, so you still have to think about the conflict that would be there. You know, when we were playing in our basement, we were just having tons of fun and throwing stuffed animals and, you know, doing laser light shows. And, and you know, it was, we weren't the terrible parents who were saying, no, you can't have an instrument. I hope, <laughs> um, but you do, you still need some conflict even in a, even in a how-to format. So I think just thinking about ways that I could create an arc within that kind of text was a little mm. bit of a challenge. It is just such it a really fun is. book. We, it really is. But we actually have one more question for each of you. And we're going to start with you, Stephanie. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Well, I hope that 
it inspires them to think creatively in their own play and, and take chances and maybe try a musical instrument. But mostly I hope that after they've read it, they want to read it again and again and again. Oh, I like that. Yes. That's my favorite kind of read. I think they will. Yes. And I think agreed. they'll be inspired to start so strumming some broomsticks and, or <laughs> as guitars and thinking <laughs> up band names. Um, Lisa, how about you? Same question. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to get someone to want to read it again. And I, the, I've gotten these sweet notes from people. You know, I had a friend who said she, her daughter wanted to read it three times. And then at bedtime, she found her, you know, she was supposed to be getting ready for bed, but instead she had her stuffed animals as backup singers and she I was love it. doing the whole oh. thing. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I, with any kind of funny book, part of the goal is just having some joy around books, you know, and I hope that that comes through. But really, um, you know, the message for me of the book and the message that we tried to impart to my son, it was like, when he did get frustrated, we said, you know, you got to keep playing. That's rock and roll. So his guitar strap would get twisted or he'd get frustrated because it wasn't making the right sound and he didn't know mm -hmm. how to tune it and, you know, all of these things. We said, you got to keep going. That's rock and roll. So I hope that that kind of spirit comes through of persistence, even when everything's not perfect, um, that it, there's still joy in creation. A big thank you to Lisa and Stephanie for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for how to be a rock star. Check out the show notes to learn more about Lisa and her other fabulous work. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy, happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.